Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kia ora Wellington and welcome to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I am Perrine. And I am Ruth. Welcome everybody. We are here today to bring you um, a bit of marine stuff and a bit of justice stuff, I think. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so in the second half of the show, I'm having Tania Savisky-Mead from Just Speak come and talk about their youth-led movement to get a better justice system in Aotearoa. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. What do you got on for the first half? Or do you want to just crack on into well, it? why don't we just crack <laughs> on in? What gets you out of bed in the morning? When I was a kid, I took for granted the rivers, bush, sea and birds. I never gave a thought to where our rubbish went or how practices on our farm might affect our rivers. Pollution was something that bad people did or that came from factories. Our young people today know differently, and it's because of the work of people like my guest today. A self-confessed nature nerd, Zoe Studd is the executive director of Mountains to Sea Wellington, a trust that operates with a team of dedicated staff and volunteers. The programs they run with communities and young people are creating a sense of kaitiakitanga, which in Māori means guardianship and protection a way of managing the environment that reflects the deep kinship between humans and the natural world. They're creating a legion of kaitiaki, that is, young guardians and protectors, empowered to take action to help protect and restore our rivers, harbours and coasts. This is what gets Zoe out of bed in the morning, and she's here today to tell us all about how they do that. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ruth. So... Mountains to Sea has recently celebrated its 10th year of operation in the Wellington region. That's right. Tell us more about who and what Mountains to Sea Wellington is. Um, so we've just celebrated um, our first, well, our first year and a half under our new trust. So we operated in Wellington um, for eight years under the umbrella of another organisation. But yes, we've been here for 10 years um, delivering programmes and um we feel incredibly lucky. We get to get out of bed in the morning, as you said, and do a job that we really love. Um, we get to work with lots of fantastic, young, inspiring people and to take them out to those special places that we really love as well. Um, and Mountains to Sea Wellington is probably more about what we do than being able to explain it over the radio. But in the last week, some examples of some of the things we've been doing is releasing whitebait back into streams in the Wairarapa, snorkeling with kids out into Tahi Bay, uh, we've just had a group of young kaitiaki out at Kapiti Island, and they stayed overnight um, to celebrate their restoration projects. Um, and our lives are a little bit like that. So Mountains to Sea, um, we're kind of everywhere from Kapiti into, into the Wairarapa and the Hutt Valley um, and all along the coastline. So it's a busy time of year for us at the moment. Everyone's making the most of the sunshine. So who are your team? Um, so we've got four core staff that um, work with us and... It's built over the last few years, but we're now we're all full-time. Um, so there's myself, Liz Gibson, um, who manages a lot of our freshwater work, Sarah Kachwala, who is now managing our marine programs, and Jorge Jimenez, um, who's one of our educators as well. And we all walk, we work across all of those different areas. Um, we also have Takawa Rob, 
um, who does a lot of our beautiful photography and comms work um, and has been working on an exciting program called Te Kura Moana, engaging with Kura Māori, so um, full immersion Māori language schools across the Wellington region. Um, and we have some other wonderful folk who work with us part-time, um, so Alan K. Young um, and Ben Knight, who now works for Sustainable Coastline but still occasionally pops over so he can help us out with a snorkel up in Kapiti. So we're a big team. We've grown a lot over the last few years and, and that's really been because there's been a huge demand from schools and community groups for the work that we do. Which is really great, isn't it? Yeah. Before we talk about the programmes that you run, why? What are the issues facing the Wellington region in relation to our waterways and our habitat degradation? Um, so I think it's, I mean, it's fairly obvious. I think most people in New Zealand understand, you know, the impact of, um, of settlement across New Zealand, you know, the change to rural landscapes, to urban landscapes, um, and, you know, the major alterations those have made to natural waterways. Um, and probably the main issues that we see around Wellington um, are the big sort of the big three, which is sedimentation, um, so the impact of sedimentation on our rivers and our coastline and the impact that it has on um, uh, water quality but also on habitat. Um, water quality is another massive one, so stormwater um, uh, is a big issue for Wellington. We've got a really old stormwater network um, which we've inherited. It's over 100 years old in some places and, um, and that's having a big impact. Um, and habitat loss through that change in those urban and um, rural environments as well. So um, we've seen a big decline in biodiversity through that loss of habitat and we've lost most of our wetlands around Wellington as well which were really key eco ecosystems. Just a little side question to, to what we talked about. What's the ongoing impact of that loss of habitat and the loss of biodiversity, the flow-down effect? Um, yeah, someone asked me the other day, well, what does it really matter if whitebait disappear from our rivers, Zoe? Like, what's the big deal? We do No whitebait fritters? Yeah, well, no whitebait fritters. Um, but they were like, you know, really, like if there weren't any of these little fish left, what would be the big problem? Um and then as you dive into the life cycle of something like a whitebait, you realise what an integral part of the food chain they are. They spawn on the side of the river. Um, so in late, in late summer they start spawning, and that's a food source for eels and lots of other creatures. But also they spend their first six months of their life out in the ocean, and they start that food chain. So they're feeding things like kahawai, the bigger fish that come in and feed off them as well. And, um, and that's something that humans are then impacted by too because that's a major, it's a major part of that, that food web that gets lost from a particular ecosystem. Um, so we are intrinsically linked. You know, we think that sometimes it doesn't matter if our rivers degrade or you know, our particular river is in great state, but we don't always understand the flow and effects and the way that those are interconnected. Mm -hmm. Now, being realistic, you aren't trying to return our waterways to how they were 200 years ago, but what is the vision for your yeah. organisation. What's the vision ahead? Well, I think you summed it up really well. We want young people and communities to feel really connected to their local environment. Um, we want them to feel like kaitiaki. We want them to feel empowered to make a, an impact in their local stream. And I think for lots and lots of young people as well, they no longer go into their local stream because their parents or their community say, oh, it's not a safe stream and you shouldn't go in there. Well, if you don't love your local stream, then what stream are you going to take care of. Um, and I've had a really cool example recently. Um, we've had some kids working with us in Cannons Creek 
and they've been improving Fish Passageway. So it's a concrete drain, it runs through Cannes Creek Park, um, really hard for young whitebait species to get back up into the streams and the rivers higher up in the catchment. Um, so we've been working with some wonderful people, Tim Ollie and um, Kelly Hughes, and they came in and worked with the kids and actually put in baffles and ropes and helped the, ch- the kids improve the passageway. And no sooner had we put them in, but an eel came along and started swimming up and using it. So they were creating eddies and they were um, using a whole range of different tools and techniques to improve that habitat. So what we'd love to see is, obviously we're never going to go back to what we had, but there's a huge amount we can do to enhance biodiversity, you know, in our our urban environments and in our rural environments, and adapting what we've created and retrofitting it so that we can actually see some flourishing and returning biodiversity. Can you give us a few more examples of things that just everyday people like myself could know that would make a difference? that we just don't realise or don't know about? Well, I think, yeah, I I think there's been some fantastic um, understanding that's grown in the community. So I don't know if I'll be telling people a whole lot of stuff they don't already know. Um, But obviously waste reduction is a really massive one. Our rivers are massive vectors for plastic, and as are our coastlines and our stormwater drains. Our stormwater systems are really old. Um, They get overwhelmed really quickly. Um, and anything that goes down a stormwater drain, it doesn't get treated, so it goes straight into a river or a stream and out into our coastal environment. I think that's something that's really important to know because I remember years ago as a teacher, uh, when our pupils were doing a a study around our waterways, the realisation that you couldn't just tip soap liquid or paint and stuff down the stormwater mm. drains because it wasn't a safe depo- repository yeah. that it actually was going into the streams and rivers is something that s- m- people just weren't aware of. Yeah. They just and thought of it as the kitchen sink. Type pretty much. Thing. Yeah, I'll tip my I'll change my oil and I'll tip it down the drain and it will flow off somewhere but it'll, hopefully it will get treated somewhere along the line. So kids are often quite shocked to to learn that. They're like, oh, we've got our whole sewage system, but actually we've got this massive problem with our stormwater drains as well. Um, And that was another cool partnership um, that evolved with a fantastic company called Stormwater 360. Um, And we were working with kids monitoring what was actually going down their stormwater drain, and they were using that information to go back to the community and talk about some behaviour changes in their local community as well. But stormwater drains also harbour lots of biodiversity, Amazingly enough, we often find native fish living down them and young eels. And But when you look down them, exactly. they're full of plastic and rubbish. I know. They're resilient, aren't they? But there's a lot. I think there's a lot that we can do in urban environments and rural environments are a bit easier sometimes because it's easy to plant a tree or to fence off an area from stock. Um, but urban environments provide particular challenges. So there's a lot of people thinking about how do we retrofit an urban environment to improve biodiversity, how do we connect people back to that biodiversity so that they actually, you know, you know, want to make changes way up in the catchment that are going to have a positive impact downstream? And are there any plans afoot for ways to address the stormwater rubbish issue? There's lots of plans afoot. It's probably a bit bigger than uh, mountains to see Wellington, but um, Wellington Water. Um, which is commissioned by the, a number of the councils around Wellington, well, actually is owned, owned essentially by the councils and funded by them. That's their number one priority is dealing with stormwater. But it's a massive and long, it's a, it's an, it's a long-term problem. And it starts with educating yeah. us, the public. Yeah. So tell us about 
your core programs that you deliver as Mountains to Sea? Cool. So we have three main programs. We're actually um, supported and closely affiliated by a national trust called the Mountains to Sea Conservation Trust, um, and they developed up two fantastic national programs, which students do right across New Zealand. So the first one's called Experiencing Marine Reserves, um, and that's our marine program, and that sees us put lots of kids into fins and wetsuits and flippers and um, and dive into our local marine reserves. And through that program, we work with a school for a term. They learn how to snorkel. They get into an unprotected area and a protected area, um, and they compare. They compare, you know, the impact that that protection has had, and then they work on their own kaitiaki project. So that might be looking at stormwater impacts or waste reduction. Um, activities or just education around respecting the boundaries and fisheries um, in their particular area. And that's been really cool. Actually, this year there's been, a, it's the 10th year of the South Coast um, Marine Reserve Tapitaranga. So we've just had 500 kids come down and, and have a big celebration as part of that. So we think about 15,000 kids have been snorkelling with us since we got started, which is quite a lot. We also do it up in Kapiti. Um, and we do a lot of that in the summer. So in um, winter, in terms two and three, is predominantly our freshwater work, and that's our Whitebait Connection program. Um, and the Whitebait Connection kind of follows a similar format. We look at a uh, freshwater way that's been less impacted, and they look at the biodiversity, the habitat, the water quality, and they, they paint a picture of what's going on in that stream. And then they compare it often to their local stream, and then they implement kaitiaki action from there. So that might be planting or it might be a whole range of different activities. Um, and then the last one is um, Healthy Harbours, which is experiencing marine reserves and white bait connections that have got together and had a baby. So it's a whole mountains to sea approach. So we look at fresh waterways, we look at the estuarine environment where a lot of species, you know, spend will spend part of their life cycle. Our freshwater fish, most of them go to sea. Many of our um, saltwater species, they actually spend the first part of their life in estuaries. It's nice and protected. And then we take them snorkelling along the coastline. Um, and we do a lot of that programme around um, Porirua as well because it's an incredible harbour that's, that's in need of a lot of love and reconnection. So your programmes are about inspiring and insisting the students into taking action. Can you give us some examples in, into what ways they have been in action? Well, You've probably, mentioned I've a couple. I've already had a bit yeah. of a chat about so you a mentioned the tree, tree planting. Yeah. So the way, the, the kaitiaki actions that they might take on. Yeah, so oh gosh, so many things have happened over the last few years that kids have done. And every year, more and more stuff has taken place. Um, but Fish Passageway has become something that's become really on people's radar and that's really important. Our whitebait species, there's five of them, they need to be able to get back up from the ocean and back into areas where they grow. The smallest one, which most people know, well the juveniles that most people know is a whitebait fritter, they grow into five species. The largest one can be up to 20 years old and be 30 or so centimetres long and it needs to get up into a nice clean deep pool. So we've had kids and with the support of lots of wonderful organisations putting in ropes and what we call fish ladders to actually help them climb up as young species. So that's been something that kids have really connected with. Um, we've had kids design and implement um, uh, you know, litter traps and test out different litter trap designs along rivers to capture litter as it's coming along on waterways with varying degrees of success. Um, we've had, uh, I couldn't tell you how many trees have gone on the ground, but 
in collaboration with lots of other organisations. Um, there's been many metres of streamline planted, a huge amount of coastal cleanups as well. Um, and and then sometimes kids sort of go in a direction because we don't predict, we don't know what they're going to do, and we don't we don't sort of um, uh, push them in any particular direction. But uh, this year, at the beginning of the year, we did a wonderful collaboration with Pataka Art Gallery Art in Porirua. Um, and the kids did this beautiful artwork in what we call tuna trails, so the eel trails through their local park. Um, and they did a beautiful big mural down in the Inanga spawning site. So Inanga is a white bait species. And in this particular part of Porirua, it's actually laying its eggs on the side of the stream as it goes under the motorway. So they've done this big mural and they've done planting upstream. Um, oh, there's all sorts of organ. I feel a bit bad because I'm probably missing out some schools that have done some wonderful stuff. But they all make the connections, whether it's from starting their own school nursery to monitoring their local bit of river, um, to just actually educating their wider community. Um, and today I was some kids who were making placards to go protesting against the white baiters next year. <laughs> I oh. thought, uh-oh. <laughs> but I only had my first ever white bait fritter like a couple of months ago. <laughs> so this year is... Well, you don't want to run into these kids then. <laughs> oh. This year has been a milestone year for mountains to see. What have been some of the key highlights for you, do you think, oh, or for the been, team? Yeah, it's been such an exciting year. Um, I mean, you know, the first year of stepping out as an independent trust is a really massive process, um, and that's been wonderful and really challenging and exciting. Um, and, um, and some really fantastic projects have grown from that. So um, for the last three years, we've run this Kaitiaki Kia Kapiti programme, and Young people present um, the projects that they're undertaking and we take six um, students out. And this year we were just blown away by the calibre of the things students are doing. So that was a real highlight um, for all of us. We all went and watched what they were up to. Um, Takawa's programme with um, Takura Moana um, has, has also been a real highlight. It's been... Um, really fascinating watching that grow and those relationships and that knowledge um, expand into the kura. Um, we were really lucky to receive some funding um, this year from Ministry for the Environment to support a long-term citizen science project um, on our fresh waterways. So that's provided some long-term funding for our freshwater education programmes but has also enabled us to actually start training up community groups to do freshwater monitoring and support them in developing long-term restoration projects. Um, gosh, and actually, uh, probably for me, one of the things I've really enjoyed is w the work that we did with Pataka was really fantastic. So actually getting a whole lot more artwork out and, um, and working with their education team um, was just a lot of fun. They were a bit exhausted by the end of it. They said, gosh, you guys work really hard every day, <laughs> bringing your whole classroom out. Um, so, yes, because you don't all mm. just work in a nice, comfy office, do you? <laughs> no. Which, which um, brings me a bit to um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, the, the campaign you've got com coming up, because what is coming up for Mountains to See? Looking right. ahead, there's a couple of things. There are. Um, we're also all looking forward to having a really great holiday. <laughs> oh, yes, that too. <laughs> we um, it's definitely been a really busy term. Um, but we've got some. We we currently work out of our of our own homes, 
Um, and we have a trailer and a truck, and that's our office. And then really our office is the local river or the bit of coastline that we're snorkeling or, or getting eel wrangling in for the day. Um, so we've got um, a Pledge Me campaign that's on at the moment, and we're fundraising for a second trailer and a truck um, to cover the Wellington area because we are kapiti to Wellington, and that gets quite busy zipping about to all those places. Um, so the Pledge Me campaign is for our new trailer and truck, and um, that actually finishes on the 19th of December. So um, people can find out a bit more about that. Where do they go? They've got just a few days yeah. to support this amazing organisation. So it's called uh, so the Pledge Me campaign. You can either go to 5866 is the campaign number, or you can search for Mountains to See on the Pledge Me page. And we've actually just made it to 15,000, so we've got 5,000 more to raise in the next seven days so fingers crossed for that one come on everybody other actually the cool thing i'll do a little plug the um the pledge me campaign the way that works is on rewards so people can sign up and receive um adventure adventurous rewards with us so all through january we'll be set up renting out wetsuits and taking people out for guided snorkels so people who pledge can buy get themselves a christmas present for someone so instead of buying something, people can invest in an adventure with their family and friends down in the Marine Reserve and, and see what we're nice so excited idea. about. Yeah, yeah, right. Are there any other ways that people listening can be involved or provide support? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have lots of wonderful volunteers. Um, they come and help us with our safety ratios out snorkeling, um, but they also do a whole range of other things, you know, fundraising and baking and turning sausages at community snorkel days. And we have um, a community snorkel day also coming up on the 15th of December, um, and that's a free community snorkel day that's being supported by the Wellington Community Trust. That's this Saturday. That's this Saturday. I know, because it's my birthday. Well, come down and have a snorkel. Um, but that will be from uh, 10 until 4. And we've got volunteer guides who help take people out. Um, and that'll be at Princess Bay. So we're just on the edge of the Tapitaranga Marine Reserve. So we'll be set up there with all of our team. And people can come down, have a chat to us, sign up, get in the water with the support of a guide and our lovely warm toasty wetsuits have a bit of a rinse off after and um, and have a bit of a chat to us about what they've spotted in the Marine Reserve. So we just welcome people to come and actually take part in the stuff that's going on as that's well. That's this Saturday, everyone, down at Princess Princess Bay, Bay yeah. So what other things does your funding have to support, just in the time you've got left? Um, well, the four of us, as we Zoom about, so um, we're all full-time now um, to try and meet up with the demand. Um, we have um, quite high equipment demands because we we cut up a lot of people in wetsuits, fins and masks and things, and they, they break with alarming regularity. So we have a lot of equipment. We travel quite a lot, um, and we are hoping in the, in the year to come that we might find ourselves a more permanent office, but... I don't know how often we'd be there. <laughs> Whenever we talk about it, everyone's always sort of zooming all over the place. Um, but yeah, we have some wonderful supporters that um, that keep us keep us ticking along. So tell the listeners where do they go to find out more about Mountains to See Wellington. So we have um, a Facebook page, um, Mountains to See Wellington. We have a um, 
a web page as well and same address, mountainseawellington.org. So you can find out about all of our community snorkels there. You can find out more information about our Pledge Me campaign if you are thinking about buying someone a Christmas present um, and our community snorkel coming up on the 15th as well. And also on our web page, there's lots of information about our projects and kaitiaki programs that young people are doing as well. What's one thing a listener could do or stop doing that would make a difference in Wellington waterways? Um, I think stormwater is probably the major one, and I think everyone's clued onto the waste management side of things now. But I think stormwater is one of our really big issues. Um, no cigarette butts down. No the storm cigarette drains. butts down the stormwater drains. Um, and to actually get reconnected, go and see what's in your local river and stream. Go, come and have a snorkel with us in the marine reserve, um, because I think it's through that that people are really going to start to, you know, see the impact of the changes that they can make. Awesome. And we're so lucky here in Wellington. We have Aren't such we? a beautiful diversity of different environments. So it's been really great having you. Thank uh, you, Ruth. Get in there and pledge me, everybody, Mountains to See Wellington for their fundraising. It's on until the 19th of December. And watch out for those stormwater drains. Keep them empty of rubbish and toxins. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Ruth. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.